0: my goodness i did not want to follow that all right let me tell you about four weeks ago i called roger and i said i've got darren coming on stage and here's what we're going to talk about do you have a special song that you could bring and sing for us and he goes let me think about it. i'll call you back he calls me back the next day and he goes i got you i'm going to write it he wrote that song just four weeks ago for us here this morning what talent hey eh? So we've been in the sermon series, The God of Power. we been looking at work, obedience, community, hope. And when Pastor Mac tapped me on the shoulder to speak today, one, I was excited. I like these topics, I like digging in to what we've been talking about over the summer series. Two, I knew exactly who I was gonna bring on stage with me. See, I love hearing about people's stories. I wanna hear about their dreams, their goals, How they've set themselves apart. How they've managed failure. How they've gone back to continue that momentum even after those challenges. I want to learn about drive and determination. See, I know, and I believe, and I speak about it a lot, that happens within 18 inches. Happens between your head and your heart. Your ability to control, prioritize, work on, over and over again those things that can set you apart, those things that can drive you through your day. Thomas Edison, 1,000 experiments all failed. 1,001, light bulb. How many of us would have stopped after 10 experiments? How many of us had a science teacher that said, just stick with numbers? Tom Brady, 199th overall, drafted. Coaches, scouts, All said, doesn't have the body, not quick enough, doesn't have the arm, doesn't see the game the same way. Well, what did he do? Went and figured that out in those 18 inches and said, oh, yeah? Let me show you. I think Roger summed it up pretty well. In those 18 inches, though, you got to do what you love. You got to have people who love you to encourage you and to support you through those things. Today, our special guest I've gotten to know over the last few years through business ventures that we are a part of. He was drafted 37th overall, a five-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, three-time Super Bowl champion on the doorstep of the Hall of Fame, I believe. I get to call him a friend, business partner. Welcome to the stage, number 28, Darren Woodson.
1: Thank I love the, the abouts and the scouts. And the, <laughs> you hear the Canadian accent come out.
0: Oh, my. I love
1: that about. It. My, every time I talk to Mike, I'm always like, oh, say it.
0: About. And the scout. I got nothing I'm now. I'm just saying. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Just, you put me on edge. All right. I, I got to start here. This is 30 years in the making. Hear me out. Grade five, Toronto, Canada. Speech competition. Mm. I write about the Dallas Cowboys. Dominance, determination oh, yeah. of the 90s. My buddy, Jeff Ham writes about the life of a tree. <laughs> he wins. He, won. he wins. <laughs> I'm just saying 30 years ago, if I knew you, (laughs) I would have won that. I would have won that thing. For sure. (laughs) For sure. All right, let's start us back at the beginning. Born Phoenix. Yes. Arthur Woodson? My father. Freddie Luke. Yes. Raised by Freddie. Yes. Youngest of four siblings. Mm -hmm. I know it's an interesting beginning that you had. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Well, my beginning again. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, th- th- I tell you what, th- I wish I always wanted to sing. Before you asked <laughs>
0: that,
1: what's your voice name, Roger? Roger, that, that they can sing. That's singing. Yes. Like, that, that was so beautiful. So, uh, I, I'm I'm so happy to be here. Um, and, and thank you for having me. Uh, to answer the question, yeah, I was a, I was a project kid. I, I was my mother raised four kids, single mom, uh, lived in Henson Projects. Uh, I never really had a father figure. I knew my father, but father wasn't really in my life. Um, and my mom worked two jobs. Mm. And she had a process. And you and I talked about it earlier, but mother, my mother had a process. She worked two jobs, so she had to figure out how to get her babies to school and back um, and keep us safe. So the process was every morning we'd start off. We had a little church that was right down the street called Pilgrim's Rest Church. That's where we caught the bus to go to school. After school, it was my sister, who was seven years older, she would make sure we all got all back on the bus. They would drop us back off right there at the church, Pilgrim's Rest. We had an after school program, and I was the church, I promise you. (laughs) I was, the church is really small. We used to clean the pews. We used to, you know, in Phoenix, they didn't have grass. and cut the grass, but I used to kick the rocks and the dirt back in place. <laughs> I used to do all those little things inside the church. I knew the pastor, knew the pastor's family. We were the church. That's where I grew up. So, and my mom's process allowed us, through the relationship with God and through the relationship with the church, was that's how she kept us off the street. Love it. Yeah. And, and, and to this day, it's still, this is my comfort. When I walk in here today... I, this is home. This is home. I know I haven't met most of you, but you're family. Somewhere down the line, family in Christ. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, that's, how, that's how I was raised as a young man. And that was my foundation from day one.
0: Yep. And so those earlier days, mom, work ethic, like yes. you're, you're seeing obviously that being stable in the church. Growing up in the project, I'm sure wasn't easy though. Yeah. And there's probably other things going on. Yeah. Tell us about some of the groups or people that you were engaged with, some of the friends that you had that maybe either on the good side or maybe th- things that you were trying to stay D- away from.
1: Yeah, you know, one of the things I never knew that I, I never knew I was poor. I really didn't. I, I don't think any time, mm. I've never really looked at it. People used to, you know, when when you look back at it, we were like, man, we didn't have anything. Lights used to go out all the time, right? Mom, I used to watch my mom, you know, tip a coin to figure out what bill she was going to pay, right? So, you know. But I never really felt, even at the time, we weren't needing much. Like, we always found ways to, to overcome, right? Um, I think it's like any other neighborhood, honestly. Yeah. I think the inner city, you know, gets this rap of, you know, it's all this crime. And there is, but there's crime all over the place. But I saw a lot of those things that, you know, there, one, there wasn't, wasn't a lot of hope. Uh, growing up. I didn't have mentors that came back into the inner city uh, that were professionals, true professionals. There was a drug dealer, yeah, and he made a lot of money. He yeah. saw that part of it. But there were, weren't professionals that came back, whether it be, you know, doctors, lawyers, attorneys, you know, athletes. We just didn't have a, a lot of those come in. So my hope and my foundation, again, was in Christ because I knew what the church was going to bring. But my hero back then was my mom. Mm. I mean, she was kind of everything. She showed up, found a way to get us to where we needed to get practice and all those things, uh, never played a game. I never played a basketball game, baseball game, football game without seeing my mother in the stands. That's so good. I just, she was she was that special. Nor my sister, who was seven years older than me, they used to beat me up uh, <laughs> on a consistent basis. She's mom number two. Yeah. But our, the family ties are what really kept me off the streets. Now, friends, I had a, f- a few friends. One of my best friends, and I, I, you and I have talked about this before in the past. But one of my best friends, uh, Keith Tucker, he's my best friend, hands down. We went a separate direction. Yeah.
0: and he his did. dad was an influence. In your his, his dad
1: too, was yeah. a huge influence over over what what I did, and was a great family. He had his mother and his father. One of those families that in, in the neighborhood, but you looked up to because. They they kind of they had the foundation they had the family structure in place. Mom and dad loved each other. Keith was a great kid, but Keith figured out a way later on, earlier on, that he wanted to create his own path, and he wanted quick money, yeah. and got involved with gangs um, early on. Got in the drug game, uh, and then in the end. Uh, Our senior years, our senior year in high school, we kind of just really parted ways. You know, he wanted to go do things, and and I just couldn't do it. And my path, again, was sports and and school and all. But he ended up uh, shooting and killing someone and doing Mm. 26 years in prison. Uh, And that, to me, was kind of the culture. There was a lot of that going on there was a lot of people that were in and out of prison i had uncles and cousins and all going through that but that part of my life that wasn't ever a part of me like first of all i was too afraid of my mom i'll be honest (laughs) with you i was afraid of my mom i was afraid of my sisters of what my brothers would do to me um and i wanted more like i'm I'm still on that point right now i i I want more in my life like i want to influence people and back then, I wanted, I wanted to prove people wrong and the system wrong that I could go get my education at Arizona State. I could get drafted. I could live the dreams that I wanted to, uh, to live. And I kind of was in that moment. I, and I don't know if you guys understand. Like I, I'm trying to explain this in a way of I was present in the moment when I was in high school. You understand what I'm saying? I wasn't thinking outside. I was present. I knew what I wanted. And what I wanted was to get out of the circumstances that I was in. And I wanted to bring my family along with me, getting them out of those circumstances as well. So um, I just knew that that wasn't going behind, you know, sitting in a a
0: six-by-six cell. That's just not, that wasn't my my dream. So obviously many things prevented you from going that way. But obviously football. So where does football start? within your life and that where you start to get...
1: Football started when I was seven years old. I, f- I started playing Pop Warner when I was seven years old, and, and there's a reason why, you know, I can't think straight half the time because I've been hitting since I was seven, <laughs> right? Uh, but it was a part of my life. It wasn't just football. It was football, basketball, baseball. If, it had, if there was a ball and it rolled, I played it. I'm serious. Ping pong. Oh. I, you wouldn't and, have made it. I in wear hockey. you out. I'll just tell you. Oh, that. oh hockey! No. Yeah, no, no, that's no. not a ball.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> know.
1: That's not. I that's not
0: a t- puck. You, that is you a puck, survive. and there's ice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah that wasn't. Yeah, that, that didn't happen. But we just. I, I was really competitive, and it starts with my mom. My mom's very competitive. Yeah. Extremely competitive, and she used to let us scrap it out a little bit. You know, you want to solve the problem, and you guys want to fight. Okay, go deal with it. Get out of the house and go outside, and you can go deal with it, right? And but she was really scrappy in that way, and I was kind of the same. I was like a gym rat. I just wanted to compete, 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 and um, football was that that little outlet that allowed me to take some of the frustration out, play hard, and not get disciplined for you know crossing that line every once in a while, but. It just, that was natural. Now, look, I played baseball and I played basketball as well. Okay. Yeah. I got to an age in about 7th or 8th grade, I think it was about 8th grade, almost going into my freshman year in high school, and I couldn't hit a curveball.
0: Huh.
1: That was it. You, and you're done. I was done. Yeah. I was done. <laughs> basketball, no. I, oh, I was a good basketball player, Yeah. and then I stopped growing. And everybody got taller than me.
0: Right, you feel really tall compared yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I right know.
1: But football, I could tackle people. Yeah. I don't know. It was a gift. Like, God gave me this gift. Get them on the yeah. ground. Okay, I figured it out. Yeah. I just, It was just probably natural. Probably having older
0: siblings. Older I had brothers. older yeah. siblings. Yeah. I, that, yeah.
1: they used to, I was the dummy. Yeah. They <laughs> practiced on me. But I did. I just, I just felt football was the natural part of me. And it would be 114 degrees in, there in Phoenix, Arizona. God bless. Yeah. Phoenix. It is burning hot. But I would have that helmet on, and it was just what I wanted. I didn't care
0: yeah. about the heat. It's, I, that was my comfort zone, being on the football field. Okay, so, I mean, there's students in here, yeah. we saw earlier. Obviously, we know who the real quarterback is. Yeah, I know. Uh, that was <laughs> wow. <laughs>
1: I, that was a great competition. That was, that was yeah. impressive, Way, impressive. Westlake
0: won that one? Is that what it yeah. Was? Uh, uh, Westlake. Yeah. So, Many people have those dreams, those mm-hmm. goals to set, right, that yeah. they want to get to college, scholarship, yeah. you know, to the show, whatever sport that may be. What was your focus? What was your discipline as a student, mm. as an athlete right. that started to differentiate yourself?
1: You know what? I, I always, people always say, well, there's no I in team. Yeah, there is. Because it starts with you every morning you get up right and what's the first thing you have to do the first thing i've done as I, I what i really realized about myself early on even when i was a kid is that i had to eliminate the coward in me mm. like there's a coward that lives in us all right and i used to wake up every morning and to this day i still do it the, s- the same way I, I as a kid i'd wake up every day and i would do a lot chatter all the time you probably see yeah. me in the back room like i talked don't act like I'm the only one that talks to themselves.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I started as a kid, and everyone, my mom and my family, I always said, who are you talking to? And I would be talking to myself, and I would convince myself every day that you're going to do this. You're going to, you know, whatever, whatever the challenge was on that day, school, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sports, whatever yeah. it was, I would talk myself into it. Every single day. Mm. And that's what got me over the hump because I started to truly believe what I was saying to myself. And I still do. I still do. So how I eliminate the coward every day is I tell the coward, no, no, shut up. This is what we're gonna do. This is the goal that's in mind. And I would write down my goals. Like I know people always say, write down the goals. No, I write my entire life. I, I wish I had a camera back when I was a kid. I'm older now, so we didn't have... Cell phones back then, but anyway, <laughs> I used to write down my goals on the bathroom mirror. Love it. Yeah. What I wanted to achieve, and I'd see them every single day. And even today, I carry my phone and I have my core values on my phone every day. You see, my, I see my core values every single day. My wife won't let me write on the mirror anymore, <laughs> but I, but I see, but I, that's how I was as a kid, and yeah. I see everything, and it was a challenge. This is the same way, the same challenge that I had on the football field was the same way I attacked everything in life. Yeah. The same challenge. And I am over the top. You know me. I, I burn a little hot. But those are the, that's how I can get over things. I know how to attack that coward that lives in me. And God
0: doesn't bless mm. the coward. I love that. It is true, the first time we met, I remember we were in this meeting room and I think we both snuck out at the same time for coffee or something like that. We started talking and I go, you had a career, what, 13 years? Mm-hmm. Yes. With the Cowboys. So you had a career that you, you could be done. You know, hang yeah. your hat on that and, and sit on the beach and golf and no. do whatever you want to do. I won't say your age, but you're a few 54. Years, 54. You can say it. He looks younger, has more hair. <laughs> I did a few extra push-ups today. I wore a tighter shirt to try to make it. I just—it's hard being around him. Uh, but <laughs> I remember you talking about the things you were doing business-wise, and we're—you know we were sharing notes, and I'm going, "This guy is more driven mm. today." I was like, well, "I wonder what he was back then," but I go, "You just—you don't stop."
1: Yeah, it, I can't it's stop. It's just going for yeah. you. Yeah, and I—you know—look, I. You know, look, I, I I need to stop. I need to slow down. My wife always tells me I need to slow down. But uh, there's so much more that I want to accomplish in my yeah. life. Like, I have not even started, but I'm, we're getting, I'm starting to, you know, education is a big role, something that's big in my life right now and, and has been my entire life. But I took on the challenge of wanting to open up charter schools mm. in the Dallas-Fort Worth area because I feel like the education system is broken in a lot of ways. And, and we need to give kids an opportunity, better opportunity, better experiences. And it was one thing, again, going back to what you said, I'd always say these things, but I never took up the challenge. Yeah. And it wasn't one day until again, looking in the mirror, I looked at myself and said, oh no, you need to do this. Because yeah. the coward has been winning for 20 some years. Oh, uh, you, you don't wanna do that. You don't wanna face that, those headwinds. Well, politically, they're gonna come after you. That's yeah. the coward talking to me the whole time, right? And there was one day I said, you know what? I'm going to do this, and I'm going to surround myself with people that know how to do this yeah. and, and figure it out. But I, I'm i always looking for that next challenge to keep going because I know one thing I can't do. If I sit and I'm idle, they always say the idle hands are the devil's workshop, right? I'm not good. I'm not good when I'm idle.
0: Mm.
1: I have to be doing something. To, how many How many high schoolers that we have in here today? How many? In here, we have any high schoolers going to raise your hand? High schoolers, don't be afraid. Do we have high schoolers here? Grade schoolers? Yeah, yeah. Accept the challenge. Take the challenge. Take the challenge. Whatever the challenge is, go right at it. And Don't let anybody tell you that you can't. Accept the challenge. Because there's a lot of times that we sit here and these challenges come in front of us and we're like, oh, I don't, I don't want to go, I don't want to face it. I don't want to get on that field. I don't want to enter the arena. Get in the arena. That I love
0: it. Going. It reminds me of my dad. He, it's very simple. People can talk the talk or you can walk yeah. the walk, right? Yeah. So
1: yeah. I love that. It sucks, though. If you're a person that just, excuse my language here, but <laughs> in church.
0: I'm glad you only went there. We're gonna go, no, we're
1: going to go there. You just lit me up here now. <laughs> like it, 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 it's, it's hard to watch people talk trash about people that are actually in the battle. It really is. Like you sit there and you sit in your chair and you're critical of, uh, yesterday I was, wa- who watched the boxing match last night? There was a boxing match, I'm a big boxing fan yesterday. And and I'm, I'm gonna go off here, so no, excuse right. me. You excuse me, me. You me All right. here, yeah. I warned you about this, right? <laughs> <laughs> I work out every single day, every single day. And if you work out every day, you know there's times when you're running or you're working out and you're gassed, right? You get so tired, you can't get the next set. Or you're doing five, four, three or four, five miles, what, and you can't get there, and you're, you're, you're just drenched, and you're tired, and your body won't take you, and your body stops, right? So yesterday, I'm watching the fight. And I have eight or nine buddies at the house, and we're all watching. Of those nine buddies, six of them are way out of shape. <laughs> No, I'm serious. They're they're way out of shape, right? (laughs) And we're watching the boxing match, and these two guys are going on, going are fighting, and it's round eight, and one of the guys is gassed. We're watching it on live TV, and he's tired, and he can't go, you know, he can't go anymore, and the other guy's hitting him and all. And one of my buddies that's way out of shape, has never been in the gym, is sitting there (laughs) criticizing the guy because he's gassed. And I said, you know what? you've never been in the fight yeah i love it you've never been so why live life why live life and never get in the fight
0: why live it and never get in the fight i love it you're gonna talk about it yeah well let's talk about one of the biggest rings you were in cowboys in the 90s that run you had yeah i think a big part of that was and it was in my grade five speech was the many players that you had mm-hmm. the talent not just yeah. on one side of the ball, coaching staff, Jimmy Troy, Emmett, I mean, I remember I think it was Leon Let you yeah. know they would used to do a Thanksgiving, how many turkeys could he eat? you know just yeah. you had talent all around yeah Nate Newton, yeah tell us a little bit about those days. those are the community you were a part yeah, of
1: yeah, I well look that was. The best football team that I've ever been on. I played on some really good football teams, but it was the, the character and the, the coaching staff. Look, I, I don't think we'd get to where we were unless we had a really good coaching staff and Jimmy Johnson and the coaches that we had that could really monitor this team and put us in the right you know, places and, and move the puzzle pieces around. Because we had a lot of personalities and the personalities weren't always doing the right thing. Like, we didn't always do the right thing. But if you put us collectively together and give us a goal and the coaches could manage us, we were pretty good. We were really good. And one of the things that I, that really showed was that the leaders of that team, when I first came in, I was 21, 22 years old. What year was that? That was In 1992. Okay. So I came in as a, as a young rookie, and the first year we won a Super Bowl. And I was... You know, it was my dream to play in a Super Bowl. Now I'm 21 years old. Imagine yourself 21 years old. First
0: year. You're a first-year yeah. kid
1: in, in the NFL, and here you are in a Super Bowl. But what I realized when I first got there is that the leaders of the team, the Troy Aikmans and the Michael Irvins and the Charles Haley's, they showed up early every single day. Yeah. Uh, like you you, you want to learn how to be a professional? You just watch. Mm. You watch guys who've played at the highest level and see what they do. Every single day. Troy Aikman used to show up at 545, and he would have this sack lunch. He, w- he didn't trust the Cowboys, the food that the Cowboys oh, were no. serving. <laughs> so he'd have a sack lunch <laughs> oh, every oh, single lunch day, box. and he'd walk in at 540, 545. Every- and he was as consistent as they came. And I would always come in. I'd come in about 630, and he would be- Troy would be done with his workout. And I sit there and think, man, this is this is That's how you become a professional. Yeah. You do all the little things that it takes. to take care of your body after games. You, you know, you you, you go serve the community. You become, you know, a servant in the community. You, you, the reason I would make a wish foundation is because Roger Staubach came yeah. back, Troy Aikman told me that I was gonna. This is what you're gonna do.
2: Yeah.
1: You're gonna serve on the board, and 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 I just followed suit. But I wanted a long, long career in the NFL. And it was because I was watching true professionals and how they went about their business is the reason why I lasted that long in the NFL.
0: So let's spin it from a parent perspective because we've talked about our kids before and how do you raise kids? Mm -hmm. So your grit, your discipline, your focus, the things that have got you through, how do you pass it on? You've got four, Mm -hmm. three older, one younger. Yeah. how have you passed that on to right. your 20-some kids? Yeah. And then your 7-year-old? 7-year-old, 7-year-old, yeah. right? Oh, uh, yeah. So talk about that, because I'm big on my girls. I uh-huh. want them to have that, whatever they do, right. drive, that determination, that right. don't talk. I don't think,
1: do oh, yeah, I, well, look, I'm, I'm no counselor. And I've made a ton of mistakes with my kids, hands mm. down. I mean, I, I know I have. And uh, I think the realization that I've come up with... Is that I am not my kids friends. I'm not their friend. Yeah. I mean I, I am not. The mistakes that I've made is because I was trying to be their friend and enable and coddle at times and of course there's times you, you definitely need to coddle but I was a big cheerleader. I'll give you an example. I have a son who played baseball for a long time and I was his biggest fan. I was going to his games, and he's 22 now, I was going to his games, and he was playing USA baseball, and he was all over the country playing, and he'd hit a home run, and I'd cheer him on, but he was struggling in school. And he had all the wherewithal and all the resources to be a really good student. Yeah. And it, I, to the point to where he would get a C, and he would celebrate the C.
0: <laughs> My dad also said D for diploma. Deeper, I deeper, took I that a little too seriously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: And, and I would celebrate with him because yeah. I was like, geez, at least you got a C and didn't yeah. get a D. Uh, but I was his biggest fan, and I'd cheer him on. But I wasn't looking at the little things like, you know, hey, man, maybe you should do, get, you know. I was so blinded by the, the superstardom of him playing baseball that I wasn't helping him manage himself. Well, long story short, baseball pretty much came for an end to him, um, and he struggled. Yeah. He's struggling. It's a it's a longer story. I you know to take us time to get into, but I realized that I was just being his buddy mm. all this time, and what he needed was a father.
0: Yeah,
1: he needed a father to tell him, "Hey, maybe we're not playing baseball. We're just gonna you're gonna earn that." And I didn't make him earn it. And I, I, that's one of the things I would always tell any parent out there: don't be their friends; be their parent. Yeah. And you know, our job in life, as Scripture tells us like. You yep. this is God's baby.
0: Yeah.
1: And my kids are God's babies. My job is just to guide, all right? I got to guide them, but God's got them. God's got them. If they have a foundation in the Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, he's got them.
0: Yeah. That's got to manage them. All right, let's talk about that a little bit. Your journey, obviously, mom set it out of the gate for you. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And, uh how has that journey been? Faith, where you have been in the spotlight, mm-hmm. Cowboys, ESPN, 14 years, and yeah. so on. What are your daily activities? What, is, what puts that faith foundation?
1: You, uh, in conversations. Con- Pastor Mac just said, he, the way he, God talks to him, mm-hmm. we just had a conversation in the back, and I was like, man, God talks to me the same way. Like, God's like You're an idiot. Don't do that. That's how my conversations (laughs) go, right? They're pretty natural conversations, right? Um, My found for me, it's just, it's an everyday with humility on my knees because I know I can't go. Every day is on my knees. Because I'm so thankful.
0: I mean,
1: he's given me and provided when times are so rough. You know, God just gives, and he gives. If you have faith and just a belief, he'll pull you through. He'll pull you through. And for me, it's just been... You know, I just want to pay homage to him every day. Like, yeah. it's its not, oh, hey, God, it, it, it is a true relationship. He's telling me, and I'm talking to him. I'm chattering in my brain all day long. But it is a true conversation with God because he's just been so good,
0: man. I love it. Look, I, uh, I can't thank you enough. When I called you back in, I think it was May. Yeah. And, uh. <laughs> A, I just wanted you on stage. B, I didn't want to speak a whole sermon by myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got to tell the truth. <laughs> but you, you said to me, you go, you go, Mike. I got a busy summer, and and you do. You, I mean, you're full on. Uh, your words were, but Mike, if God put it on your heart to have me on stage, I'll yeah. be there. I'll figure it out. Yep. And so, but I can't thank you enough for. A constantly being an example, not just to me, but what you mm. do in the business world, what you do with your foundation, which we didn't get into, um, but your time here for us here in a little no, bit. No, thank your story. you, thank so, you, yeah. guys. Thank uh, with me, Mr. Darren Rottenski. <laughs> Love you thank, you thank you, thank you. Got here.
2: Wow! Wow! You can go ahead and have a seat for just a couple of minutes. Uh, I don't know about you, I am completely blown away when you see somebody who has that kind of talent, that kind of experience, that kind of success, genuinely walking with the Lord and willing and happy to share it in front of people that he doesn't know well, but we're all family with. It means so so much and we are so so grateful to Darren for being here grateful to Mike for setting the whole thing up and we have a winner for the tickets to a Dallas Cowboys game today well the game is not today we have a winner today the winner of tickets to the Dallas Cowboys football game is Anna Antonori Anna Antonori where's Anna Anna Anna, congratulations. I'm going to have you come down. When we dismiss in just a second, Dean Wilson will be right here at the front. Dean, if you don't mind, stand up. Deanne's wearing this bright fuchsia top. Come find Deanne down here at the center, and uh, we will take care of you. So congratulations, too. And I also want to remind you today, after our second service is burgers and baptism. We will have free burgers for everybody who sticks around for the baptism and celebrates that. We'll have P. Terry's burgers. No Mighty fine, even better. Mighty fine, that is mighty fine. So that'll be after the second service. Also, if you would like to be baptized today, if you'd like to be baptized, we have stuff for you to be baptized spontaneously today after our 11 o'clock service. We'll have folks who will be ready to get you set up. We've got shorts, t-shirts, towels, the whole thing. Just have a quick conversation. Make sure you have stepped into that relationship with Christ that Darren was talking about. We would love to include you in that baptismal service. That will be happening. And also, tomorrow, as a church family, we send off our elementary school and middle school camps, Jolt and United. So, as we get ready to go, I want to ask you to stand to your feet. Let's have a word of prayer for our students, for our camps, and for where God is taking us as a church family. Let's pray together. Our Father and our God, we pause right now just to say thank you. Thank you, God, for your presence in this place. Thank you for your servant, Darren Woodson, and his word to us today of what you have done in his life and can do in any life surrendered to you. Father, it's our prayer as we go out from here today that you would move, particularly in our camps this week for elementary school and middle school students, God, that you would do what only you can do. Keep them safe, give them traveling mercies, and God, move in the lives of those young people as we partner with you, as we partner with parents to be the church you have called us to be. This is our prayer in the name that is above every name. And everybody said, have a great week and God bless you.